0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland, made with heart and passion. For more information, visit meusa.com.
0: I'm HRN's Communications Director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat in 3. I I think we should realize that we more or less have a broken food system. When 800 million of us go to bed hungry, uh, 600 million are obese, uh, we waste 30% of our food, then something is fundamentally wrong. We'll introduce you to one food waste solution happening in Asia.
2: They introduced a system where residents were issued an electronic ID card that would open an automated bin and enable them to weigh the food waste being dropped off, and then they would be charged, you know, in a certain amount of money yep. for the weight of that food.
0: And we'll take a look at some of the real struggles happening closer to home.
2: How is it possible that a meal that was perfectly fine to consume at 10.59 p.m. then becomes waste at 11 p.m.?
0: So tune in to this week's Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network, available wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>
3: Welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. This is your host, Elena Santigade. As we continue to explore cooperative and unique approaches to business in the cheese industry, today we turn to the production side of things. Wisconsin is a unique state in many ways. The lakes of the North Woods, the Dells. Festa in Milwaukee, there's so many fun things going on in Wisconsin, and of course there's a long history of cheesemaking. That history is largely a cooperative one, and perhaps the best known example is the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, formerly the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. The Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin builds awareness of Wisconsin-produced dairy products by creating national publicity, managing digital advertising and driving sales, distribution, and trial through retail and food service promotions. It also supports in-school education about the benefits of dairy and funding for the UW Center for Dairy Research. Today, I'll be exploring two examples of partnerships in cheesemaking, both based in Wisconsin. First up, Anna Bates of Landmark Creamery, and after the break, I'll speak with Chris Gentine of the Artisan Cheese Exchange. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the Cutting the Curd. Hi, Elena. Happy to be here. So today's show, again, is all about partnerships in cheesemaking. And I've been thinking about the whole, it takes a village approach and how it's really needed to create almost anything significant in this world. Um, You know, Anna, you were telling me about how Landmark Creamery is a newer cheesemaking endeavor. And I know you've plugged right into the cheesemaking community there in Wisconsin. So... Why don't you tell our tell our listeners some of the ways that your neighbors and even sometimes I think your competitors have even helped you as you've gotten up and running with the business.
2: Sure, yeah. We definitely wouldn't be here where we are today without the help of many other amazing cheesemakers in southern Wisconsin. And for starters, there's Bob Wills, who owns Cedar Grove and Clock Shadow Creamery, two plants in and Mat- Plain, Wisconsin, and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And, and the
3: Milwaukee both- plant is like in downtown, right? So it's
2: cool. an urban cheese plant,
3: yep. yeah. And that's
2: actually where we first made our cheese five years ago. Oh, we huh. started at Clock Shadow Creamery. We would use that plant at night, um, rent space there. And recently, in the past two years, we moved up to Cedar Grove, Bob's other plant, and that's where we produce all of our landmark cheese. Mm-hmm.
3: So in that sense, you didn't have to, you didn't have those startup costs. It's almost like you... You could it's almost like the equivalent of renting a market stall or something where everything's sort of built in for you and you didn't have to purchase the equipment.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, even putting up a micro-dairy is a daunting financial experience. So being able to rent space in the back of Cedar Grove, it's an appropriately sized vat for what we're doing. We're able to do experiments, and they also have um, a fleet of trucks. so They're able to pick up our milk as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, is that something that you approached Bob about, or as is that sort of out there in the Wisconsin community as an option? You know, Does he go around sort of connecting with folks?
2: Um, I'd say a little bit of both. Um, there is a history with, with Bob's factories of some really amazing cheeses getting started back there. Mm-hmm. Pleasant Ridge Reserve from Uplands was first made at Cedar Grove. Mike Gingrich started there. Yeah. Um, Katie started making Evalon there. Um, so does. I wouldn't say he advertises the space, but mm-hmm. um, if there are people in need who are getting started, if you get to know Bob, it's it's a possible opportunity.
3: Right. It's like known as a, an incubator of sorts in that exactly. way. Exactly. Very cool. And so when did you start making cheese there?
2: This is our fifth full year. We mm-hmm. made it Clock Shadow our first year and mm-hmm. moved to Cedar Grove the next year. So four years.
3: Neat. And what prompted that move from one space to the other?
2: Um, some of its logistics on cedar grove's part it actually worked out better for them and it works out better for us it's a little closer to home it's an hour and 20 minutes drive instead of two hours Mm -hmm. and it also allowed us to make at better hours before we were um, i would literally pass my business partner anna landmark on the highway at like 2 a.m she would finish the make and i would come and pack the cheese up for orders and delivery so this way at cedar grove we're able to make during the day oh wow
3: so, and you two are really a, a two-woman team, mostly at Landmark. Is that right? Or do you have yeah. a larger crew that you're working with at all?
2: Typically, at most, we'll have two part-time people helping with some production, um, especially the packing of our little tiny sheet milk buttons, Petite Noage. Mm-hmm. And also now we have a shop. Just last year, we moved into our own space for just aging, mm-hmm. and we have a little shop up front. So we have a part-time person who helps us there.
3: I see. So you're making the cheese at Cedar Grove, but then aging it on site in your own facility.
2: We were renting space, but just actually a few weeks ago, we got the final inspection and fully licensed to age our cheese wow. in our own building, which is That's very so exciting. exciting.
3: So has that been part of the plan all along? Is that, is that a piece that is harder to do sort of in cooperation with a, a rented space like Cedar
2: Grove? Yes. Um, Cedar Grove has very little aging space, and they use a lot of it on their own. So we were renting a completely separate facility, mm. which also was close to Cedar Grove, but far away from us. So that was always our plan, To The first investment we were going to make would be in our own aging space, which is less expensive than a plant, right. but really allows us to do—gives us flexibility to make a lot of different kinds of cheeses.
3: Mm, very cool. So you've also— um You know, in terms of partnerships in cheesemaking, this whole idea that I'm curious about, uh, you guys are cheesemakers, but you're not farmstead cheesemakers, is that right?
2: That is true. So you're buying
3: milk from other producers?
2: Yes. So we primarily deal with sheep milk, and we work with one, sometimes two family farms. And we work with them to set up a contract at the beginning of the year which says how much milk we plan to buy at a minimum, mm-hmm. what the price will be, what the feed will be, etc. Um, and then we also make one cow milk cheese. And for that cow milk cheese, we actually purchase milk from Upland's Cheese Company in Dodgeville.
3: Uh-huh, our buddy Andy. Yeah. So um, tell me about the mixed milk cheese.
2: It's actually all cow, so it's not Oh, mixed. so it's
3: not mixed. Ah. Yep, yep, it's all My cow. Bad.
2: and. um We first made that cheese, it was actually the very first cheese we ever made, and it was kind of an experiment to get our feet wet before our sheep dairy was up and running.
4: Uh
2: But when we made it, it tasted so great, um, especially when we're using really amazing grass-fed milk, Mm -hmm. um, we decided to keep going with it. So it's definitely not... We don't make an enormous amount of that cheese. It's called Tallgrass Reserve. Mm -hmm. But um, a couple times a year, when Andy is taking a break from making his own cheeses, we'll buy a couple loads. And their milk is delicious and exquisite and a beautiful golden color. And it makes a really amazing cheese. And we feel privileged to be able to use it. In fact, just this weekend at my farmer's market, Mike Gingrich, who is the original owner of Uplands Cheese and the original maker, he came two markets ago and tasted tall grass, and uh-huh. he came back again last week to buy some more, and he was just so tickled to see his wow. milk being used with another cheesemaker. So it was a lot of fun to, to chat with him.
3: That is so neat. Is that the first? You know, I don't hear about a lot of, um, since Uplands only makes um, their own cheese when the cows are out on pasture, I don't hear about them selling their milk that often. So it does seem really unique that that you're, you're doing this partnership.
2: Yeah, I don't think it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and i know andy got a little bigger little put a vat extension on so we can make even more pleasant ridge and rush creek but um we're making such small batches mm-hmm. and you know they have a, a, I think 200 cows yeah um you know we only buy like one morning's milking so
3: mm-hmm. and that alone is an, it's an interesting you know it back to this theme of of how a a full sort of economy can support how how members of an economy can support each other, you know what what Andy might do with that milk otherwise might be less sustainable for him. You know, I mean, it seems like uh, it's it's neat that if he has extra, he doesn't have he's he's probably not going to have a built in customer in terms of somebody who's buying it regularly. But since you're able to be flexible on making that cheese when the milk's available, it's like a win win.
2: Yeah.
3: So tell me a little bit about production. I mean. Uh, distribution and how you uh, have gotten into the distribution game. Because I know that that's also something unique to Wisconsin and your your region in Wisconsin. And I'm I'm excited for our listeners to hear a little bit about how that piece of it works.
2: Yeah, we are very lucky to be located where we are, because the logistics of moving cheese around the country is kind of daunting when you think about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of small cheesemakers will start with um, you know, obviously a farmer's market stall and selling locally, but we really wanted to support um, all the milk that a small family farm could produce. And in order to do that, we knew we'd have to expand beyond local hmm. distribution, self-distribution pretty and was, quickly.
3: Was that p- the goal that... that- you know, some, for some people, I feel like it's, oh, I want to have a business of X size because that feels right to me, or I want to have a presence in certain markets. But for you, it sounds like it was grounded, the goal was more grounded in that idea of supporting the full production of a small family farm.
2: Yes, our goal all along has been to support mm-hmm. our families. Mm-hmm. And as many small family farms as we can, and the goal was to every year to, not every year, but when possible, add on other small family farms and buy all of their milk. So got we've it. done that with two small family farms now on the sheep side. Um, uh-huh. Cow milk is a little trickier because the production is so much higher. Right. Um, but right. we would love to do that someday as well.
3: Very cool. Okay, so you've got the milk. You're buying this milk. Go on. I sort of interrupted you. Tell That's us. okay.
2: Um, so, yeah, so we, are, we started our first year just selling direct, mm-hmm. and then the next year we started talking to small distributors. And what I found, and also I had already been in contact with all the local cheesemakers, and we were within an hour of Chris Raleigh at Raleigh's Cheese and Hook's, Tony Hook over there, and Andy at Upland's. And what I found and discovered is that they all work together to put together pallets for certain companies that will send trucks from New York City or California. And I was able to get in on that, which Mm. has been amazing. So when I speak to a distributor in California or somewhere on the West Coast or East Coast, Mm -hmm. and they say, I love your cheese, but how in the world am I going to get it? I can simply ask, oh, do you buy from Uplands, Hooks, or Raleigh's? And inevitably, they do. And basically, we're all able to bring our cheeses together and build one large pallet, which makes it economical for the person hiring the truck and allows us to get our cheeses to lots Mm. of different places.
3: And is that like how, it seems like that's pretty accessible in terms of like reaching out to the folks at Raleigh or Uplands or Hooks to kind of coordinate and figure out how you're going to share the costs? Is it does it is it? Do you have a worked out system there, or is it a little more ad hoc?
2: Um, it's pretty simple. I mean, typically the, distrib- the distributor is in charge of kind of the truck and the costs there, and basically the whoever's ordering from us reaches out to each one of us, places their order, and tells us where it's going to be picked up, mm. and we just have to have the cheese there at a certain date. Um, so yeah, it's pretty it's casual, but it's effective.
3: Very neat. When um, you know, I think of this idea of like family-sized businesses working with other family-sized businesses, and this sounds like that's the case. You know, that you're coordinating with people who maybe cheesemakers that are a little larger than you um, or do higher production, but this sort of level of involvement is kind of the same. So it might be easier to plug in.
2: It is, and it it just allows you know, it, we're all small enough that any any help is welcome Mm -hmm. and it will be as simple as consolidating here or if i'm driving past uplands and going to hooks i'll even call them to see if they need anything driven down because just to save them the 40 minute round trip when i'm literally passing both cheese plants right is just a small thing i can do to help which you know it all comes back around
3: yeah totally well, that's, I just feel like it's so heartwarming, too. There's an element of it that's that's like, uh, I don't know, very feel-good about the, the community there in the Wisconsin cheesemaking and dairy farming area.
2: <laughs> it is. I mean, our philosophy always is, you know, rising tides lift all boats. Mm-hmm. You know, we, if there's going to be an amazing artisan Wisconsin cheese board, we all want to be on it. We don't mm-hmm. want to knock someone else off. We just want you to add in landmark creamery.
3: Right. Totally. Oh, man. Well, I can't believe it, but we're actually ready for our break here in the show. Um, Real quick, Anna, what's the best way for our listeners to follow your progress and find your cheese?
2: Sure. We are on Instagram and Facebook, and our website is landmarkcreamery.com, and our phone numbers are there. We ship gift boxes across the country, and we'd love to hear from anybody.
4: Great.
3: Well, thanks so much for coming on air with me, and uh, I hope to see you soon out in Wisconsin. (laughs) We'd love to see you. Thanks, Elena. Okay, great. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break. On the second half of today's show, I'll be chatting with Chris Gentine of the Artisan Cheese Exchange. Keep listening to hear more.
0: I oh, won't you save all your pumpkin pie? I oh, won't you save all your pumpkin pie? I oh, won't you save all your pumpkin pie? Just for me, girl. Please don't give none away. Let it get sweeter by the day.
1: Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best-tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for importing more than 80% of the Swiss Gruyere into the United States, but that's not to overshadow their other specialty cheeses, including Kaltbach Cave Age cheeses, Der Scharfe Max, Appenzeller, Tête de Moin, and traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit emmyusa.com.
0: I won't you save all your pumpkin pie. I oh, won't you save all your pumpkin pie. I oh, won't you save all your pumpkin pie just for me.
3: Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade and I'm excited to welcome Chris Gentine of the Artisan Cheese Exchange to the show. Hi, Chris. Are you there?
5: You bet, Elena. How are you? I'm
3: good. Am I saying your last name correctly?
5: Yeah, Gentine. Yep, you oh, did. Okay, Perfect. good. Oh,
3: I got so nervous.
5: Yeah, all right. You're good.
3: So, Chris, I'm really excited to have you on air as part of this partnerships show where we're talking more about uh, cheese making and the production side of things, as I think you can also help our listeners and me to understand more about how the Artisan Cheese Exchange works. Um, so in our conversation before the show, you had a great analogy, and I'd love if you would tell us what, how what you do with cheese is like hot rodding a car.
5: You bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... I've always been fans of those guys, so it's it's um I mean taking a look at it i'm not I like to make it clear and you know, I'm not a cheese maker there's some people out there who um mm-hmm. give a huge portion of their their life and a lot of times their their body to to making cheese so right. um we we are a little more like that we're not you know we're not we're not general motors we're not building the cars, but we what I like to do and I've always been fans of guys like Carol Shelby and big daddy ed ross and mm-hmm. and um you know, those old Hot Rodders from when I was growing up in the Revell model years.
3: Yeah, I want to put, maybe we'll try to get a photo up on our show page, listeners. Yeah, the
5: Rat <laughs> Fink would be a good, you know, some that, some, some that Ed Roth did is always good stuff, or, okay. or Von Dutch's Flying Eyeballs. So, you know, we're, we're kind of, um, we kind of take, take what's, you know, been around and, and take plain things. And um, I work with buddies of mine who, master cheesemakers that I've known 25 Thirty years in mm-hmm. some cases, and sometimes it's a multi generational thing where um in the instance of carrie henning um my my grandfather bought from his grandfather, my dad uh, bought from his dad, and now I buy from him, so wow. um a little different in that because you know we we sit down and and we do a typical Wisconsin thing we sit down maybe have some beers or a mm-hmm. or an old fashioned and, yeah yeah, and kind of um you know, talk about what we'd like to do, either from a culture standpoint or affinage standpoint or a make format standpoint and mm-hmm. then we we pretty much um come up with a plan and and sometimes things work out great and sometimes yeah. they they crash and burn, but you know we basically chop channel pinstripe and paint some flames on stuff
3: <laughs> and I mean I imagine it's it sounds so fun and it also does sound like you're you're Whoever you're sitting down having that old fashioned with, you're like, you're operating on a sense of creative endeavor. So it's like, you bet. Those those R and D projects that don't quite work out, it seems like that comes with the territory. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And so, you just
5: kind of write it off, and sometimes right. you you uh, you hold them or whatever you do, and sometimes they get better, sometimes they get worse. Mm-hmm. So.
3: And, um, and then, so how does it work? You basically have, you come up with these ideas with your cheesemaker buddies and then,
5: yeah, well, or sometimes it's just my wife and I sitting around, um, mm-hmm. and, 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 you, and she's done a, she's done quite a few. I mean, she's really been the inspiration behind the Blue Jay and, and then other cheese. We do the dough and mm-hmm. pretty much, I don't know. She's a good inspiration for me for listeners. A lot of if but, you, ha-
3: if you haven't had the blue jay, it's, that's one of my favorite blue cheeses and it has uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it has juniper berries in it, right?
5: Yep. mulled juniper berries. In oh, it, yeah. It's so um, good. And with a little, and a lot in. of butter fat, which, you yeah, know, that always helps. Like that, right? <laughs>
4: um,
5: so basically we go in with, with kind of a plan mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we'll build, a, we'll build a, a couple different recipes. Um, and then we have to make that cheese, and uh, and and then we and a lot of times and and I'm always a little too fast for most of the cheese makers because I'm like, <laughs> is it done yet? You know, and it's, we just made it yesterday, Chris. Um, <laughs> like it's still but,
3: on the draining table.
5: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, um, you know, you 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 have to wait the time to see what it's like, and then really take a look at those recipes. So anything that we do, you know, when we're doing something like a like a a, a culture hot rotting like we do with, like, Vat 17, Fawn, and Stag. I mean, mm-hmm. th- those cheeses are really, you know, we've, we've added a, a very intense cocktail of cultures mm-hmm. from, you know, kind of deriving from flavor drivers from different cheddar-making regions around the world that are, in a lot of cases, non um non traditionally cheddar. Right. And 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 utilize those in that and then and then basically change up both the affinage style and then the format style, which mm. is a big is a big change in that cheese. I mean, a wrap daisy ages out in a completely much fuller, rounder on your palate way mm-hmm. um, Then you get a forty-pound block, which is what we do for vat seventeen, where you get more of that backbone of the classic aged cheddar sharpness,
4: right? The edge and then to you it. get
5: those those sweet finish undertones in there.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, so we kind of look at that. That one kind of came by happenstance of just saying, "Hey, let's not just make forty-pound block. Let's throw some into some daisies and see yeah. how they cure out." Huh. Um, and you know that that old way of wood boxing is those bandage wrapped in wax daisies is 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 cool to me because mm-hmm. it's that's really our state's heritage. So right. you know we, we we like to play on those those tones of having that historic what we used to do in Wisconsin way. Um, right, A little nod and, to
3: tr- tradition.
5: Yeah. And, and try to, you know, try to build upon those traditions and come up with something that's new and fun and, um, never been done before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, Blue Jay's one of those things. It was tough to make the first time because I really wanted whole and mold berries in it. Oh. And I think both Sid and I work with Sid Cook on that sheet. Sid and I have been friends a long time.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And, um, and we both agreed, yeah, that, that pop of that berry in there is great, right? So the first time we made it, I called him and I said, I said, so how did it go? He to make go well? And he's like, um, you maybe don't want to come anywhere <laughs> near the factory for a while. And I go, why? What happened? Mm-hmm. Is the cheese bad? What? And he said, you remember how we both like those whole berries? He goes, well, they kind of floated up on the way when we were pumping it over to the finishing table, and <laughs> they shot all over the make room floor. So I got two young cheesemakers picking uh, juniper berries out of every drain in the building. Oh, and
4: no. I don't, I, don't
5: think, I don't think they'd be taken out for a beer if you showed up any time too soon. So, <laughs> you know? so that's one of those kind of half-crash-and-burns. Yeah. Um, but you but, stuck uh, with that
3: one, and now it's you know great cheese. Well, we
5: do it. We mull them the morning, of the that was kind of the rules. Yeah. We had to do something because nobody. We didn't really want to get beat up, so um, <laughs> we we mull them the morning of the make just so that botanical can really jump in there.
3: So. Mm-hmm. Totally. And you yeah. said that that cheese was actually your wife's idea.
5: Yeah, she it? she likes juniper berries. Um, she'll toss them in, you know, when she's doing roasted meats or anything like. Uh, Um, Mm -hmm. and, 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 uh, you know, she's not a, not a gin fan, but she, she likes juniper in that. And she really likes big buttery blues.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, who doesn't show me someone who doesn't, I don't even know. Yeah,
5: right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, and I just like, I think Sid does a great, you know, and I try to, I try to work with guys who, one I've known because, you know, we've got a rapport at least to start with. Um, and then uh you know have that ability to 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 make a great cheese in a variety that that we want to you know bring back like yeah. um and, and or bring forward whatever they're doing and, and take it and and tweak it and make it something unique because you know mm-hmm. there's 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 a certain degree of maybe I don't know maybe I'm saying it the wrong way people get mad at me but you know there's sometimes there's a there's a, there's a little more lack of imagination than you'd like to see so if mm. we're doing something I don't want to be Doing something that's so close to what you know the guys I'm working with are doing, so if we take it and tweak right. it a little bit, right. you know that that makes it that makes it fun, and then everybody's got enough room in the playground, you know.
3: Totally. And so, how many cheesemakers have you worked with on these projects?
5: Um, well, we've I mean we've generally worked with uh, primarily um, uh, Sid and Carrie, and mm-hmm. Carrie's probably the core of it. Um, we've played. Uh, we and also work with. From- Carrie Henning, yeah. Carrie Henning, from, yeah. From Henning, I mean, Yeah, and really cheese. the whole family's yeah. involved there, which are, they're like, that's like the nicest group of people in the whole, you know, whole industry as a that's family. That's fun,
4: it's yeah.
5: Crazy. Um, we also do some stuff with Katie Hydricks and her group out at, out at LeClaire, mm-hmm. um, and she actually takes a cheese that we have um, from Carrie, and um, we, had, we, we had talked, and we were trying a couple other cheeses with her, we, which were... I think kind of cool, and they still probably have some merit. She's a little busy to do it right now. But um, she basically takes uh, what is a, a a cured stag, and she strips that bandage and that wax off, and then we give it a nice bath in green chartreuse, mm. which is um, kind of unique. And, and I Totally. I like, <laughs> yeah, I like liqueur um, soaks. I think they're a little different. I mean, wine's cool, but
4: mm-hmm. there's
5: something, especially one that's, you know, maybe 140 herbs. Yeah, chartreuse uh,
3: is so, so wild in and of itself. Combining it yeah. with cheese, it's
5: Yeah, so it's, it it goes really well and it lends to those sweet finished notes on that. That's called the Moon Rabbit, and then she also does a cheese with um uh Wisconsin's own uh Jay Henry and son's um five year bourbon.
4: Mm. So we call
5: that and what's called the Night Walker. hmm Um So should we work with her on that project. Um I always wanted to do one with Igvel in California, even though he's not a Wisconsin guy, but Ig and I were, yeah. were good friends and kind of inspired me when I was thinking about starting this company. We were basically a pure export company, mm-hmm. exporting U.S. artists and products. Ig was the guy who kind of said, um, uh, you know, if anybody can do it, I think it'd be you. You should go for it. Yeah. And and, and he says, I'll make some calls. And the next thing I know I had cheesemakers calling. So I always wanted to do a cheese with him and, yeah. yeah, just because I, I loved him to death, he was just such a great guy. And
3: so. the Vela Dry Jack was just—it's such
4: a great choice. Oh yeah. yeah,
5: oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it would been—I uh, used to pop out there and you know see what he's doing and any anything. And, he, and
4: mm-hmm.
5: um, so there's some other people that were were taught. Talk- I can't you know can't tell you everything right can't now. Can't give away
3: that, all the secrets. Yeah,
5: I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, but there's a couple that we've got, you know, in the cookers that we'd like to work with people who, you know, think do we do really great things, and mm-hmm. and again, you know, twist them a little bit. And away so then, from what they're currently doing?
3: Are you still exporting cheese?
5: We do, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, and do you do do you do a number of countries? Like, what's your biggest ex- export market?
5: Oh man, um, well we just. We actually just suspended this year one into the EU, and that one was tough. I think they really liked some of the creativity that the cheesemakers have over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were doing that you know, with, with, with companies from all over the U.S. Um, wow. It was just difficult because it would be very... Hot and cold from a volume standpoint, and mm. the cost to get it over there once the cheese was landed, plus tariff, and then yeah. you know redistribution, right? You know, it made these. I mean, they make great. You know, they make a lot of great cheeses over there. <laughs> so <laughs> there's it, some it, good it,
3: ones in the EU. It's
5: um, but boy, man, they were people were so excited when they would you know they, it would come in, and I know yeah. you know specific cheese shops, and I was talking to Patricia Mickelson from La Fromagerie in London, and mm-hmm. you know she told me I she goes I, I really slashed you know my margins on it because because the cheeses were just so creative fun and to have so it, well yeah. done. Yeah, and I wanted to have them, but hmm. you know, the economics are, you know, you can buy one piece of that um or you can buy three fairly good sizes of, you know, some very good cheeses like Montgomery cheddar and and right. and um you know, the things from of by Bay Mons. I mean, it it's tough to it's tough for the economics and, you know, their their food dollars are just as valuable as ours. So, right. um but we still do. Uh, we still do things into Japan. Uh, hmm. We do um, Australia. We do a little bit into Hong Kong. Um, Very nice. And uh, you know, a few few island nations um, in the Caribbean. So cool. Yeah, it's, and it's how does cool.
3: how does Deer Creek fit in to this?
5: Well, I, Deer Creek Deer Creek was, is basically a state Brand. of mind. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a state of mind after maybe too much Orange Swift wine one <laughs> night when my wife and I were thinking of a name. So um, that's, that's kind of what... Deer Creek is still a state of mind. So.
3: Deer Creek is a state of mind. I like this yeah, a lot. Yeah, I'm going to be... Yeah. As I ride the subway home from the studio tonight, I'm going to be in a Deer Creek state of mind.
5: All right, good. I'm going to
3: yeah. try. Um, no, and,
5: I like David Finney's wines. I mean, he's 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 kind of another you know flavor bender, I guess, mm-hmm. is lack of a better way of stay, saying it, and has done some pretty edgy things and, and really kind of recreated a whole category on nomadic reds and just a great, you know, he's a great, great blender and vintner and just, you know, yeah. thinking outside the box. So Sounds like we a take kin- a little page out of him. A so.
3: kindred spirit to you there. Yeah.
5: Yeah. He's uh, definitely a rock star in my mind on the, on the wine side. So
3: And are all the cheeses that you're partnering with Cheesemakers on, those are all under the Deer Creek kind of umbrella?
5: Is that how yes. It's Aside up? from one that we do, that's a, that's a hundred percent lactose free, all natural cheese
3: Whoa. that
5: we do under the brand called Apollo's Gift.
3: I see. Okay.
5: Yep. So that's a little different, but that fits a real niche for people who are lactose intolerant, but mm-hmm. you know may not want to do the other options in that mm-hmm. you know sphere. Maybe you know if they're not vegans, maybe they you know still want a nice cow's milk cheese that just has zero lactose at a young age and performs like a mozzarella or a Monterey oh, Jack. Oh, I
3: see a young a young version of zero lactose. Yep. Interesting. Yep. So yeah. then also uh I feel like we have to talk about the labels on these cheeses sure. cuz that's also as, as from our previous conversation I I understand that's uh within the family partnership you have going that, there.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's my daughter Sophie. She um she started um drawing labels for us kind of by by accident. I mean, I knew she was always good and we had worked on really our 1 year and our 3 year label
4: mm-hmm.
5: with a n with the with a a guy that I knew since I was a little kid and who's um actually Jim Sartori from Sartori Cheese Company's mm-hmm. nephew. Oh, okay. And uh we got to be buddies stealing and Jim Sailboat a long time ago, but <laughs> and so but but I needed a I needed a label we were coming out with the fawn mm-hmm. and I needed a label for that and at the same time my daughter was uh, had just made the JV volleyball squad at, at her high school. Oh,
3: congratulations, and, Sophie. Yeah,
5: she was excited. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago for yeah. her now. But,
4: um
5: <laughs> she uh so she came up and you know the two of the girls that, that for, I for sure thought she thought were pretty cool seniors and had kind of you know taken a liking to her. She's like, you know, well You know, they have these really cool, you know, like Coach Purse's dad, you know, and that's, I really like one of those. I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, Those are kind of pricey. So I'll make you a deal. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next time we're down visiting your your grandmother in Chicago, we'll go, I'll take you down to the Coach store at Water Tower, Mm -hmm. and we'll get one if you draw a label for me. Not the big duffel bag size one, but, you know, reasonable (laughs) size one and um she kind of looked at me she was serious and I said yeah totally i said we'll go down and i said and i said uh you you draw me the label i need the font i need a laurel here's my idea
4: mm-hmm. you know
5: basically for for kind of you know what i'm thinking uh, from that the the layout and i said but i don't you know i can't get the rest of it so I think a day later I had it done pretty much completely.
3: Um, <laughs> An in industrious yeah. teenager. Yeah. There. And
5: then when are we going? You know, that was the next thing.
4: So, <laughs> wow. so that was she was I fourteen
5: when she did that. So that, that was that was the fun was the first um and then she did the stag and when you look at the stag, you look in the eyes of the stag, it's a little intense. She was a little she was a little mad at me at that point in time. I don't totally remember why, but she's, you can see that <laughs> can intensity see it in, of, the, in the cheese of anger. label. It's, it's yeah.
3: uh, preserved forever in the cheese label. I love That's it. That's it. Yeah. Listeners, we going to Some people love it
5: because of that. So Yeah, you know, I love it. Since
3: you've told me that, I've I've looked yeah. at it and thought, wow, I, I see that yeah.
5: look. <laughs> but th- that was for that. At that, that time, it was two pairs of Toms. Which was a pretty good deal for hey, her that's, dad. Yeah,
3: um, that's better than the coach first yeah. potentially.
5: Well, and when she did the she did the rattlesnake, and now she's she's done rattlesnake, caraway, boo, uh, moon rabbit. But she did um, when she did the rattlesnake, it was pure cash. She was heading to college, so <laughs>
3: different. But it was phase. an intense
5: label, yeah, because I mean it's got the skull with the, yes. with the snake. And really, you know, the snakes going through the eyes, of my wife, like she's like, we are so not putting that on a label. I go, we so are, but I said, <laughs> Is everything cool, honey? I mean, you're 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 heading to school, you know, everything all right? She goes, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, y- you make me eat the cheese before I draw the label. That's what the cheese does to your face. <laughs> I said, okay, I got it.
3: So, Listeners, that's a chili. Uh, that cheese has some hot chilies in it, so that's yeah,
5: that's and a little tequila for fun. All
3: so. right, yeah. very good. Well, I yeah. I love it. Um, Thank you. And I can't believe it, but here we are at the end of our show.
5: <laughs> that's all right, that's, Chris. Uh, Thank you so much for thinking of us. We really yeah, appreciate it. Of and course. it's something that um, you know we're we keep moving forward and trying to do the right thing. We just started as a one percent for the planet company in July to try to give back to uh, to the earth. And, that's great. And what we're doing, and and hopefully people can support that and enjoy you know the cheese and and yeah, enjoy that's it with a win win. Yeah,
3: totally, and, and that's
5: uh, you know, it's it's that entertainment cheese and, and hanging out with family and friends, and, and you know, food can bring people together. That's an awesome thing.
3: Totally, totally. So, listeners, keep an eye out for Deer Creek cheeses um, all over. Right? They're they're really yeah. we get them out yeah. here on the East Coast. Yep mm-hmm.
5: there's some there's some pockets. There's gonna be a nice wave of the stag coming out to uh, to uh, some locations near you guys. So wonderful. Yeah.
3: Well, Chris, thank you so much for calling in and for for sharing more about your unique approach.
5: (laughs) You bet. Thanks thanks for the opportunity, Elena.
3: Okay. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd.